0: welcome back to familiar strangers it is still the month of May and something that I'm super passionate about I know Austin is super passionate about as well is mental health Um, and if you didn't know I know it's kind of surprising that we haven't brought it up yet but it's been a crazy a crazy month but it's mental health awareness month Um, so we're finally kind of gonna take some time to talk about it Um, but before we get to that to that point Oh my gosh, can you hear these? Yep, we've got a cameo from uh, Mac Attack here. He's trying to get Emmy's con. It had peanut butter in it. There's nothing left, but he's just hell-bent on getting that thing. <laughs> uh, something I was telling Austin um, that really had a great influence on me in my life uh, was when I started reading the Dalai Lama's 18 Rules for, for Living, And the reason I really like them is because you don't, we we didn't grow up in a religious family, uh, but I always felt like we didn't need religion to have guiding principles. I always thought that our parents kind of gave us really good principles to live by and religion didn't affect me being a good or bad person. But then as I've gotten older and, and learned more and read more, it's like, it's a, it's really fun to just kind of have principles that kind of guide you a little bit, and just just those reminders because it's once you grow up, it's really easy to kind of forget about those things. So I really like reading the Dalai Lama's rules for rules for living. Um, and the Dalai Lama was a Tibetan uh, Buddhist, um, and I think Austin and I both kind of just based on our personality types, Buddhism is like a, probably a, something that we would follow. If if we were more immersed in that kind of culture uh, in comparison to other religions, doesn't I don't as I've gotten older, I definitely just like am more interested in spiritual exploration than it is like I'm one thing or the other. And I and I don't look down upon religions nearly as much as I once did, because I kind of had that hard head as a young person. But the first the first rule for living is take into account that great love and great achievements involve significant risk. Um, personally, I was just, I was just taking a, or just had an interview, a job interview yesterday. And one of the questions was, what is one of your biggest achievements, uh, in your life? And it was a huge question in an in interview, but I just, I literally told them the greatest accomplishment that I ever had was taking a risk. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I hadn't taken a risk to move around the world, or if I hadn't taken a risk to, um, by a dog, if I hadn't taken a risk to fall in love with Becky, like where would my life have been? So it was just like my greatest achievement is honestly just stepping outside of my comfort zone and taking a risk. So, uh, with that being said, Austin, sorry, I talked for a long time. What's up, buddy?
1: (laughs) Uh, No problem. I like to hear your input on that. Um, I thought what you said about uh, the dalai Lama book being more about learning uh, morals and, and moral principles is a is a really good thing because I think that's what religion is used for anyway and has been for a long time it kind of set the standard for our laws and um, what we abide by and what we thinks right and wrong um, but just as you said I'm not a huge uh, proponent of religion I don't really think follow any one thing. I do believe in a higher power. Um, I do believe that, you know, I think that having a spiritual side is really, really important in in life and, uh, and especially for mental health as we're on the topic of uh, mental health. Um, I think that's super important. I think, uh, I know I bring it up a lot, but uh, that's one thing that yoga has really, really kind of influenced me. It's It's made me more Um, spiritual in, like, in towards my uh, inner self, I guess. Um, And yoga does come from uh, Buddhism or or Hinduism anyway. So it kind of makes sense why you think that 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 would be a a religion that kind of suits us best. Um, It makes sense. So I think that's one really underlooked aspect of mental health is kind of finding your spiritual side. Um, it doesn't always have to be through religion. I know Kurt has recently um, kind of found his self in, in more uh, Christianity. He uh, he got baptized, and I think it's helped him a lot too. Uh, it's just a really good basis and a, a really good community to get involved with, with if you want to. Um, I just really enjoy the aspect of like a like you said like a, a self spiritualism where. You kind of you kind of look in, into your inner self, which is in its in its own way a higher power. So um, I really thought that was cool you brought that up.
0: I agree. I think everybody needs to have something kind of to believe in, something as a guiding principle. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say I would. Uh, I probably would if you talked to me like when I was 20, 22, like your age. I probably would have been a self-proclaimed atheist. But as I've gotten older and done a lot more reflecting and, and just learning, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say I'm more of just open-minded to anything, and I understand the importance of every religion and every person's guiding principles. I don't always agree with some of the, the I don't know what the way, way to say it is, like kind of the strictness or like some of the beliefs that thing, that like the church and in specific like
1: yeah the kind of archaic views
0: yeah some of the old views and it's just like why you know we have to kind of you, you the churches the churches are finally kind of modifying a little bit and becoming up to date it's like the world has changed and it's like it's okay <laughs> it's okay for certain things to have changed like you're also reading a book that was published or not pub- published whatever created thousands of years ago and we're just reading interpretations of it so it's like We should be able to have some modifications or how we interpret it or how we want to build it around our life should be important as well. But I think kind of going back to the Dalai Lama, the rule number one, take into account great love and achievements involve significant risk. Personally speaking, I think it's one of the most beneficial things that you could do. I I think in a previous one, I've said do something you know, try to do something that makes you go out of your comfort zone. Do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Don't be afraid to try something new because you never know what might come from it. You know, yeah. Like uh, when I was even in Hong Kong, it's as simple as something like going to the park and playing basketball. It's like it's it's always nerve wracking going to a new place and like meeting new people. But like, had I not just taking a taken a small risk. I would have never met like some of my best friends. Like There are some people that I would consider my best friends now, you know, but if you, if you just always are afraid or always unwilling to go outside of your comfort zone and, and take a risk, great things may not happen. It's not just going to come to you. Um, it's the energy kind of that you put out is, is also what you will get in return. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, kind of a Buddhist principle as well. But um, yeah, yeah. It's risky. Loving is risky. Um, taking risk is, is 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 scary, but the joy that comes out of it is what you will remember. You will forget about how scared you were in the beginning.
1: Yeah, and what's that? I mean, you hear this multiple times, or you've probably heard it multiple times in your life. Uh, that the higher the the risk, the higher the reward. Um, I think taking risk is is essential for, especially for your mental health, too. I feel like that's one thing a lot of people are afraid to do is try something new or, you know, just go out of their comfort zone, like you said, and they just kind of get stuck or almost, um, I guess stuck's the right word. They almost feel stuck because they haven't done anything that's excited their uh, brain or themselves in a long time. So I think it's really, really important to to go and try something new. It doesn't even have to be, um, super, uh, something super intimidating. You could always even, uh, like trying a new restaurant or trying a new activity, like hiking or biking or something like that. I think that's really important too. It doesn't always have to be this, um, career, um, change or, or anything like that. It, if that's what is on your mind and you've been thinking about, I think that's important too. I think, um, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel stuck and and unwanted in a in a position or in a relationship or anything like that. I think you should really uh, challenge yourself, and you know you should be happy. You should uh, make yourself happy. It doesn't come from anyone else.
0: Agreed. Uh, if uh, I've always given that advice, if no one else. Nobody or nothing else is going to solely make you happy. Only you within yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this dude is so crazy.
1: <laughs>
0: Mackie. Mack. Stop, buddy. Stop. Gosh. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are crazy. Anyways, I forgot what I was saying. But, uh... <laughs> That's alright. Thinking about mental health, I, I, I wrote down some questions uh, to kind of discuss. And mental health was probably my favorite unit to teach when I when I when, well previously, and hopefully it will be. It will still probably be one of my favorite things to teach just to young kids. But it's really funny. I've it's being disengaged from teaching and just chatting with more adults and about mental health and and well being. I've learned how many people are in the same boat as we were. It's like something that was just not talked about. And it's like, when I talk about basic things that would be brought up in a ninth grade health class, it's like sometimes foreign to some people. And it's just, it's alarming. It's like, we we have to understand how our brains work in order to help ourselves, you know? And, and we're kind of in a, we've talked about, we're kind of in a, in a point where it's becoming a lot more acceptable, but I wrote down some questions um, so the first the first question um, that I wrote down is, please Emmy, be quiet. Hey, stop. Small apartment. The first question I wrote down is, if somebody said I'm in a lot of pain and distress right now and
1: need help immediately, what should I do? I think that's a a really good question. I think a lot of people um, are feeling either uh, suicidal or or just in a really deep hole sometimes and almost have no, have no idea where to start and like who to turn to. Um, I would always say first and foremost to either try and go and talk to somebody that you trust that is either a a teacher or a counselor. Um, it could be a close friend or family member. Um, But I I would suggest going to somebody that's, you know, that's not um, involved in your life like that, like a friend or family would. I think it's a really good idea to go and either see a school counselor or talk to that one teacher that's really um, that you you find um, that you find like you can tell them different things that you wouldn't tell other teachers. I think that's a, a good way to go. I think another really good way to go in the way I went personally um, was talking to an online counselor. So last year during um, COVID and stuff, there wasn't really in-person therapy sessions going on and I was probably at my maybe my worst uh, mental health breakdown per se that I've ever experienced and... You know, I could talk to you, Josh, about it, and I could talk to um, Danielle about it, um, but it just didn't really, it didn't help me the way I needed to. Granted, it did help a ton, and you guys have, you know, uh, whether you know it or not, walked me off a, a, an edge before, so that's, I, I appreciate that a lot, but um, going and finding a counselor or a therapist that it kind of fits your personality and, and can understand where you're coming from. I think that's a, a really good place to start.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um that's awesome that you're you're willing to share that kind of that kind of stuff too. I, I know you've battled back and forth many times and it's it's if you know somebody you can feel it. I know sometimes that people say they hide it really well, but you can feel it. If you're really connected you can you can feel that that overwhelming Um, depressed or sad feeling on somebody, you know, if you know them Mm -hmm. really well. Um, Just kind of as a teacher, what I would say, what I would tell kids, and this is exactly the same advice that I would give an adult, is if you're in a lot of pain and distress right now, you understand. You might not think you understand your mind as as well as you do, but if you really take a step back and, and think, like, have I ever felt this way before? Am I feeling this way every day? Like, am I having thoughts of suicide my having thoughts of self-harm—that's—it's it's not something that is—is is healthy, and you should seek immediate help. And what what I did when I had uh, kind of like um, major issues in the past is when you, with with such a high amount of mental health disorders and people struggling from it in a dis, dis, desperate and despair time, um it's hard to get an appointment at a lot of clinics. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that I always tell students and adults is if you call and it's like, oh, we don't have appointments for two weeks, be sure to include that I'm having a mental health crisis. Um, They're not gonna judge you for it. They're not gonna look down upon you for it. They will either tell you like, "Are they'll ask you questions like, are you having thoughts of suicide? If you're having thoughts of suicide, like." we'll stay on the line with you. Like we're going to get you to, we're going to get you help right away. We can take you or Please go to the emergency room or, uh, you know, we can set up an appointment at our earliest date. It's like, okay, maybe a counselor will take on, uh, you take on a half hour with you at their lunch or something. They're, they're willing to, to kind of do those types of things. Uh, another thing um, last year, I believe it was, uh, president Trump, uh, former president Trump signed, signed a, a law, into bill to create a three-digit number for mental health emergencies and the number is 988 Um, and it's a hotline that they're hoping to have up and running by this time next year 2022 Uh, which i think is a game changer i think it's it just makes it a little bit more normal Um, and there's still lots of hotlines that you can use now Um, like 1-800-273-TALK that's the national suicide prevention hotline Uh, if you want to text, you can text a crisis text line. You can text home to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. There's so many different resources out there that you can take advantage of. There's veterans crisis hotlines. There's trans person hotlines. Like if you're feeling a certain type of way and you feel like you kind of fit into one of those categories, there's probably something more, even more specific to how you may be feeling. So First and foremost, is you're not alone. So you should definitely reach out to somebody, whether that be uh, a professional or a family member, a trusted individual, somebody that you just connect with. Kind of going back to the Dalai Lama, you know, having a conversation like that involves risk because you're opening your heart, you're opening your mind to somebody else, and yeah, you're letting vulnerable. them in. Yes, you're vulnerable. So, but it takes great risk to find healing too you know if I would have never made that call and said uh it's a crisis I probably would have never ended up with my therapist who I who I'm thankful for for eternity you know but if I didn't take that risk and say that those those words that seem really difficult in the in the moment you know i maybe I wouldn't be here right now or maybe I wouldn't have achieved what I what I have at this point
1: yeah definitely I think that's one thing a lot of people kind of struggle with is taking that step is that maybe they felt uh, suicidal before they've they're really anxious um, and have no idea why it, it could be a number of things uh, and people just struggle to to either say it out loud or, or to to have the wherewithal to to know that that's what it is um, I think like you hit it you um, you you described it perfectly what you should do I'm glad you included the uh, hotlines in there those are are good tools Um, a crisis counselor is a is a good way to go though I remember back up in in school this was uh, four years ago now I had to have uh, mom set me up in a a crisis counselor appointment because I was at a point in my in my life where it could have went either way so it's it can be a really um life-changing and and life-altering tool to use um you have those resources available uh at your disposal so to really take advantage of them is is important and um try and i i know like uh one thing that people do complain and i totally understand is is the cost of um getting mental health treatment or seeing a counselor or therapist Um, but there is programs um, set in place to to help you if you are either a student or if you are somebody that that needs financial help I know they have different programs so don't even don't uh even think about that though when you're when you're in a spot of um you know extreme distress mentally it's more important to go out and get help before it is to, to even worry about the money aspect or, you know, anything like that. So I, I just wanted to add that in.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, there's a lot, there's more resources now than there was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So ho- hopefully, you know, I'm not well versed in all the different resources at this moment. Um, but hopefully you, you, If you are feeling a certain way, then there, it's better to be, in my opinion, alive and, and in in debt than it is to be the, you know, the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know,
0: and one thing, and I would, I would always tell my students is, okay, you know, sometimes you're not assertive enough to be able to say those things or to be able to take it upon yourself to to help yourself. Think about the people that are around you and maybe that you're close with and who is an assertive person you know who's a person that isn't afraid to ask a question isn't afraid to say something isn't afraid to to kind of push you to 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 do something to better yourself and use that as a resource as a tool Mm -hmm. okay i might not be a i might not i might be too afraid to call the the hotline or to call to make an appointment but like for you for example like we knew that you were struggling mightily at, at, you know, when you were around 18 ish, I don't know exactly, but I knew that mom and dad knew that. And that's, we were kind of your, we kind of were advocates for you. It's like, okay, you're not willing to help yourself. So we're helping you, you know, um, you might not have asked for it, but we recognized it. But I always told students, you can always go to that person, your friend that isn't afraid and like, okay, I need help doing this. Like, can you help me? uh and obviously if they don't if they don't choose to help you they're probably not a good friend or or you know yeah a good person yeah. to have in your life anyways and it, it shouldn't it, it would it would be very sad if that happened but also think about that from your perspective like be that person for somebody be that advocate uh that helps better somebody else's life you know look out for look out for the people around you and the people that are close to you because a lot of people are <laughs> suffering in silence and and you don't even realize what's was going through their mind on a daily basis. This morning, I wanted to tell you the story. Like before, I took the dogs out. I could hear like yelling. Like it was like f- before six six o'clock in the morning, and I could hear yelling outside. And I'm like, what the hell? It's so early. Like why is there somebody yelling? And when I took Emmy to walk outside, there was a homeless guy inside of a dumpster, like just just yelling. Like why do you always do this to yourself? why do you always do this to yourself this is why nothing in your life works you always get in your own head you always think this and just like just screaming like at himself and he was clearly having a mental health breakdown and mm-hmm. just like uh even as a person who advocates for it i'm just like when you hear somebody going through a crisis it's like oh shit you know you kind of freeze up and i'm like i don't know what to do right now i don't know what to do right now like <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not, not you're not trained to know what to do either. Um but like you said, I think um I think just saying, you know, it can be something really small as a friend or as a person that's a bystander. Um it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have sit down and have this heart-to-heart with them. Um it could be just something really small that that could change a whole person's day or a whole person's um you know life uh, there was one story I really uh, enjoyed hearing and I think you've probably seen it too where this kid uh, was man what, how did it go I think he was like cleaning out his locker and uh, uh, somebody noticed him doing that and like on the walk home or god I can't remember exactly how it went my memory shit but uh, on the walk home like was talking to him and and found out that he was, like, planning on committing suicide that day and was cleaning out his locker, and just, like, the small gesture of of asking him whether it was if he needed help or if he, you know, what was wrong or something like that um, kind of changed the whole trajectory of his day, let alone his whole life. Um, so, like, small things like that can really impact someone's day, and I hope uh, people don't take that for granted that, whether it's a a small compliment or whether it's a, you know, something to lift them up um, or something, you know, something funny, even, it can be anything like that. And it can change a whole person's uh, outlook for that time being. And it's, I think that's a super important tool also. Agreed. I agree.
0: Um, I know one thing, one thing I always share in in my classes is a video by a psychologist named Brene Brown it's about empathy uh I'll put it up on our Instagram and in socials here after we after this comes out but um it's just a great video about like what defining what empathy is so empathy is like feeling with a person sympathy is feeling bad or feeling sadness for somebody empathy feeling with them so it's putting yourself in, in their shoes and, and walking with them and it's a very simple video it's an animated video only a couple of minutes long but I've had multiple adults tell me that that video is something that they will go back to when they just kind of you know need to feel you know what connection means and showed other people and to kind of understand like how you can feel so- with somebody and and what's you know, I, you can feel bad for somebody, but that doesn't help them. Sympathy doesn't help them. Uh, and it's kind of like the versus empathy versus sympathy. Um, I think it's it's really important for people to to kind of understand the difference between those two. Uh, also, when I listened to Kevin Hines, um, who's a suicide prevention speaker who attempted to commit suicide by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, something that always stuck with me was when he talked about how when he was walking to that point on the bridge that day that he did jump, that he was passing all these people who he felt, you know, just didn't care. And he thought maybe if just one person would have said something to him, that it could have changed the outcome of that day, you know, and you're walking with people that feel that same exact way every day, whether you know it or not. Yeah. So just being aware of how you're treating others and, and what you're saying to them, and what are you trying to do to have a positive impact on somebody's life, you know? And there's also, like, things like the bystander effect, which I don't think many people have learned or understand. It's, like, the bystander effect is when there's an emergency situation happening, and that can be a mental health emergency, it can be, like, a crime, it can be a bully, it can be an accident, just an emergency, emergency time. The bystander effect says the more bystanders that are present, the less likely that someone is to help the person that's in distress. That people are more likely to take action in a crisis when they are the only person or there's only a couple of people there. So taking that into consideration when you think there might be a crisis happening, whatever it may be, that for some reason our brains will kind of shut off and think that somebody else will do it because it's a very, you know, this is why, this is why, you know, people that are in the medical profession, you know, that work in emergency rooms, ambulances police officers, they spring into action because it's something that they've trained themselves to do many times. Whereas if you're not in a job like that, you kind of will wait for somebody else, like look around for somebody else to do that. So like in, in, relation to mental health is like if you see somebody or you think that somebody is struggling don't wait for another person to to maybe kind of help them or to reach out to them or do whatever you need to do to to have a good good impact on them you know be willing to kind of be vulnerable and take control or or not take control but be willing to be vulnerable enough to to help them and not wait for somebody else to do it
1: yeah that's a really good way to think about it and being empathetic like you said is probably one of the most lacked traits I would say especially nowadays and it can be so so important um, for helping yourself too it doesn't have to be helping other people it feels pretty damn good to, to be empathetic and um, kind of to, to empathize with someone um, about something whether it be mental health or whether it be just like everyday life um, that's a really good connection that I think a lot of people lack because they just don't have that that tool in their tool bag and, and can't use it. Um, you're one of the few people that I know that uh, are really good at doing it with pretty much any age group, so that's really cool to watch. Um, I know it, it's probably helped you a ton. You've surrounded yourself with people that are empathetic and that are really good at, uh, you know, um, conversation and, and talking with different people so I think that helps too and that goes back to what we said earlier just watch what you surround yourself with because that's a, a really big thing too um, I know that once you you get around uh, good people in your life people with good intentions like you will slowly you'll start to see that creep into your own life um, and it's a really cool thing I know there's I I don't know if it's a fact or if it's just something that that's pretty much agreed on, but is that you're kind of the, the accumulation of the five people you surround yourself with most. So I think that's a, a good way to live is, is look at who you're spending your time with and choose wisely because, um, that, that can really impact your life and in, in ways you never thought were possible. So that's a, yeah. another big thing that I, I would vouch for, um, I know we were getting um, on the topic of mental health. I didn't really expect a, a whole episode for, but that's kind of that's how we feel about mental health and um, about people going going through a struggle within themselves. It, it we totally understand. We can empathize with those people, and we're we're really here to kind of to speak on that and hopefully to help others. Um, again, if you have any questions or, or comments or anything like that um reach us at at instagram at two familiar strangers um so i know we were talking about you. you wanted to talk a little bit about the the dalai lama and i know we only got one there's how many 16 you said 18 18 um like statements in that book um so i was just wondering what what's another one that really stands out to you um that you think could, uh, could help somebody else?
0: Well, kind of going in order here, rule number two is when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Um, that's something I kind of would tell students all the time. It's like anything that you do, there's something to be learned from it. So whether it's positive or negative, there's always something that you're learning about yourself or you're learning about a situation. It's like, I would, for example, kind of tell them like, okay, Um, you don't have to go to college after high school. You don't have to go working right after high school. You don't have to go to the military right after high school, but you have to start thinking about what you want to do for the rest of your life or what you might be interested in. But if you never put yourself into certain situations, you'll never understand, you'll never gain a lesson from that. So I think in terms of a mindset, this is where religion is, is really important because it's like when something really bad happens, you know, in Christianity, for example, you would pray and it's like, okay, this is God's will. Like, this is what this plan didn't work for me, but this is something good that happened. And now I'm going to move forward Mm -hmm. and kind of same with like helping people. It's like there's prayer lists and like, you're always engaging in, in a sense of community, but when you lose, don't lose the lesson. You know, there's always something to be, to be learned. And when we fail, rather than dwelling on the failure, which I know for me is really difficult, it's like, I want, I used to especially want to be a perfectionist, but as I've gotten older, it's like, when I fail, it's like, okay, it really makes me reflect on where things went wrong. And then also has taught me something about myself that I can improve.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I think I oftentimes see a lot of people that get way too discouraged too quickly and are failing to to take something from a bad situation or a situation that didn't play out how they thought.
1: Uh, No, I think that's another really good uh, lesson is, and you see, you kind of can gauge how or who a person is when they lose or when they fail. Um, that's a, it's a really good lesson in life. And if you listen to anybody that is successful, they usually will talk about their failures before they talk about their success, because that's what led them down the right path of success. Um, so I think failure is is something that has to happen for you to grow. Um, it's really necessary. It kind of, it's one of those aspects of life that in the moment definitely really sucks it's shitty it's it doesn't feel good to fail um but it's it's something that through it if you stay strong and you stay you know you stay at a goal or at at something um that you're trying to learn then you're gonna gain so much more from failing than you would just getting it handed to you i mean if you think about um like a a wealthy person and they they have their life their kids life set up for them because they've done so well for themselves um and you see a lot of times these kids uh, themselves fail um, because they they've had no you know no obstructions of getting to where they want to be so i think it's a really important part it, it builds character um there's a lot of thing good things that come from failing even though in the moment it it really sucks
0: yeah, and that's where like my generation and your generation takes a big hit from the older generations. It's like, oh, you guys all got participation trophies and uh, nobody has had to face any hard times and, and overcome adversity. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you can say that maybe is true, but also your your generation's the one that fucking implemented it. You think that kids, kids were like, oh no, everybody has to get trophies. Like that never happened. It wasn't like seven year olds making the decisions about everybody getting trophies. Because I like I worked at uh, when I worked at um, Camp Daggett during the summer. In my first my first year, um, the director said like, "Oh, like in your area, I was like the recreation director, so we played a lot of games." He's like, "We don't. We just play for fun. We don't play for like winning and losing." And I'm like, mm, "Yeah, we do <laughs> because that's how life works." Yeah. it's like this is, and that's not like a diss at them whatsoever because he's. Uh, John is one of the most influential people in my life. Like, he was an amazing human being and he's just in kind and caring and empathetic. So, he just wants everybody to have fun. But it's like, this game means nothing. You know, this is an hour out of the day where this game means nothing. And if somebody can't handle losing that, that's a problem. You mm-hmm. know, and this camp is about, you know, character building. And relationship building and learning learning that losing is okay and understanding how to handle it is important so it's like you know our generation kind of takes a hit from the the olders the older older generations but in my opinion it's like it's how is it our fault when the system that we are brought up in was made this way yeah you know but now as a teacher being aware of that it's like it, it makes me kind of push the other way and try to kind of bring that balance back to to what I think is necessary.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, it's necessary for people to or for kids to learn, learn to be a good winner and learn to be a good loser. Also, I think that's a really, that's a one thing that comes from sports. It's probably the best thing that comes from sports is, is you learn how to, how to handle a defeat and you, you know, you learn how to, to be a good winner also in a good sport so if you if you're in a sport that's one thing that you should really kind of you should really not miss out on that lesson because it's going to happen repeatedly in life so just uh just take that with a grain of salt every time you you go out and and play a sport um so we Probably have time for a- another statement, Josh. So, what uh, what's another one from, the what is that called again? The book of Dalai Lama or the Dalai yeah, Lama? It's the rules. The, the rules, rules for living. The rules for living by the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, oh man, I'm obviously I like all of them. I actually have a poster that I used to have in my classroom that had the rules. I think you'll like this one. Uh, spend some time alone every day. Um, just taking even a few minutes every day to just kind of self-reflect uh and when you say in and, and when I say self-reflect like that's a form of meditation I think people think of meditation as as months living in the in the woods and you know sitting in complete tranquil peace and quiet but it can be it can be in much simpler ways than that too but practicing mindfulness um, meditation and exercises I think that's why you like could we agree you really like yoga it's like you you said you have the meditation and the exercise kind of coinciding and interweaving within each other Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't have to be a super long super lengthy amount of time it can be a a short amount of time it's like restarting your computer or handheld device it's like sometimes when we're like oh the computer's not working very well well did you restart it Yeah, I did. And then it works. Okay. So are you doing that for yourself? Like Mm -hmm. just a minute of silent, a minute of silence by yourself um, can benefit your overall health and wellness.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's a one. I mean, yoga is definitely a good way to do it. And meditation is another good way to do it. But like you said, just being mindful. uh, That's, that's the lesson there is, is trying to be you know, trying to think, reflect on things, reflect on things you may have said or that you heard that day. Um, one of my favorite times to do that is actually during a walk. Um, so I usually (laughs) take, uh, like a mile, maybe two mile walk pretty much every day. And it's a really good time alone, um, to self reflect, let alone, I'm not, I'm usually not alone. I have a dog with me. And then when you're home, you'll walk with me too. But that's a, it's a really good time to, uh, to kind of gauge where you're at and, and to think of new ideas and, you know, it's just it's really, really stimulating, especially once you're done and you kind of um, think about what just happened and you get in, once you get into that um, mind state of, uh, of being mindful, of being, you know, that mind state where you're thinking things that you wouldn't think if you are around other people. Or if you're at work or if you're at school, um, I think that's super important to, to take at least a couple minutes a day and and just reflect and, and try, to, uh, try to think for yourself.
0: Yeah, and I think um, obviously just going kind of, I'm going ping-ponging off you here. Like one thing that has really helped my mental health is, I'm not going to get into a long riff about this right now, but it's owning a dog. Uh, because it gave me something to care for, but then it also gave me a walking buddy. Yeah, and I know you and I have talked about this. It's like, oh, we both like to walk at the property, and we love doing it together because we have great conversation and enjoy being there together. But we also both really value our time by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, being alone and being in that place to reflect is is really important. And just kind of to give everybody like a clear understanding of what mindfulness means, because I honestly, didn't really know that much about mindfulness until I started. Uh, in therapy with a with a psychologist, but it's the mental quality of, of having increased peace, awareness in your thoughts, and attentiveness to yourself. So when you are being mindful, you're bringing more attention to the present moment. And it enables you to kind of have more control and engage in what you're doing and finding meaning in the simple things. It's like learning to show up in your own life and and it's really because it's really easy to to kind of lose control of that and and not be aware Mm -hmm. um one thing when people are having like for example like a panic attack or an anxiety attack just creating mindful helping them create mindfulness um something that i would use with kids is box breathing so breathing in for four seconds or five seconds holding the breath for five seconds releasing for five seconds holding on the release for five seconds just doing making a square with your breath and I do that a lot at night like um the other night when mom and dad were here I was just really anxious um I don't know just being with them that that feeling I was just like had all these my all these things rolling through my mind it was like a couple years worth of emotions just felt like they were piling on me and I was having trouble sleeping so it was just like building that square with my breath and just calming myself down and being aware that, like, I'm probably not breathing. This is why I'm feeling a little bit anxious, you know. I'm not focused. I'm taking really short breaths. My heart rate's increasing. I, I'm not going to fall asleep if my heart's racing this fast. Um, but then, like, doing other other simple things. It's like if somebody's having an anxiety attack, it's like, okay, what's one thing that you can see right now? What's one thing that you can, you can touch? What's one thing you can – you can smell. It's like kind of bringing awareness and mindfulness to the senses. Mm-hmm. Um but it's mindfulness is also like the opposite of of ego. It's letting kind of letting it go. Um when you let your ego and your personality take control, you're missing a lot of important essential life lessons. Uh so I think it's just kind of important to bring awareness to like what is mindfulness and why is it important.
1: Yeah, I love that you brought up um uh the square breathing or the box breathing technique uh that's like i i don't know what it is but i get anxious in the in the car a lot of times um so i have to find myself like breathing getting in into almost that yoga breath that meditation type of breathing i have to really slow down i have to focus on it and in you know it takes a couple minutes usually but then i feel better uh, automatically so before you reach for Um, before you reach for any like drug or any um stimulant or anything else to try and kind of calm you down look to your breath to calm you down because it's it's kind of a it's wired in us to help us and so many people don't take advantage of that um how important focusing on your breathing and and really um getting into that mindful breath can be so I think, uh, you hit it right on the head. I like I liked everything that we talked about today. Um, I think mental health is something that will probably, no matter what state we are in, whether we're the best we've ever felt and doing great in life or whether we're, you know, down in the dumps and not feeling so great about where we're at. I think it's something that we'll continue to, to talk about and hopefully, um, keep evolving around because it, it is an ever changing thing, especially with social media nowadays. So it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad that we took the time today to uh, sit down and, and have a good conversation about it.
0: Agreed. And, and just remember that everything takes practice and it takes time to institute good habits. Like square breathing is not something your mind will try to drift quickly to other things rather than focusing on your breath. Like if I can't fall asleep, that's what I go to is square breathing. And I try to make it as long as I can. And after a couple of minutes, I start to forget about what's on my mind because I'm so focused on my breath instead, but it Mm -hmm. takes practice.
1: You know, it's really hard.
0: Your mind wants to race and take you elsewhere, but just remember, you're not alone. Everybody's going through something. I mean, I struggle with mental health on a, sometimes a daily basis and sometimes go weeks without thinking about it. So life is about ups and downs and, and peaks and valleys, uh, if I want to be cliche, um, and just understanding that, you know, we're all going through some shit on a daily basis, and there's there's resources, there's people, there's things that you can do to, to help yourself and and make yourself feel better. But I would definitely encourage you, Start practicing something. Start trying to maybe have a spiritual exploration or a spiritual journey. Definitely be active. Activity definitely helps mental health. Mm-hmm. You release good endorphins and releases dopamine in your body and your brain. Um, being active is a huge mental health boost for many people. Um, so I definitely encourage you not only for your health, your your physical health benefits, but your mental health benefits as well. Doing something. And if you can get involved in a community and be active at the same time, it's probably double beneficial.
1: Agreed. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, it for our episode today. So, uh, again, if you will have any questions or any comments, any concerns, anything that you want to talk about, we're uh, we're available on Instagram at two, fam- two familiar strangers. So, don't be afraid to uh, to chat with us.
0: Yeah, reach out to us. Uh... Um, always, always open ears here to, to text, to call, to video chat, to meet up in person, um, if possible. Yep. So don't be, don't be afraid.
1: All right, Josh. Deuces. See ya.